This is Gridiron Graduates, a weekly podcast covering all things football. Episode number 56, Fake News, recorded January 11, 2017. Hey, what's going on, all you fine cats out there? Bill Reset, you hit you guys back up on another edition of GG. How's it going? Welcome back. Um... Sorry we missed Jizz last week, but uh, we're we're back and ready to go, and always a good time. And you know, my man Ian Wharton, he's he's fired up, ready to go as well. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, man. It's uh, last two weeks of the NFL season. College football is all wrapped up, so it's full go draft season for a large majority of the NFL too. And so that's uh, it's really one of the best times of the year. Yeah, no doubt, man. It's definitely a definitely a bit bittersweet because you know there's only so many games left. I think what seven seven meaningful games. So bit of a shame, but you know it just means we'll be talking draft soon and uh, a lot of good stuff. So it's it's never ending. You know the games may be ending, but uh, you know there's still obviously a lot to talk about. So definitely a lot to look forward to. Um, yeah, I think we'll kind of jump right into it because we certainly got a lot to go over, you know, a lot we want to touch on. Uh, we'll start with some coaching news, actually, and then we'll get to some of the games in a little bit. But we got some coaching news to talk about since we last talked. Uh, you know, you had all, obviously all the f- firings and whatnot, and now three teams have filled their spots. So to recap, of course... Um, Buffalo fired Rex Ryan, and then Anthony Lynn took over his interim. And now they have just hired Sean McDermott, the Panthers' offensive coordinator. They will, he'll be their next head coach. Then you had Denver, who had Gary Kubiak resign, or not resign, retire actually. They just hired one of your former boys, Ian Vance Joseph. So I'm curious your thoughts on him. And then um, Jacksonville decided to take the interim tag off of Doug Marone and make him the permanent head coach. So that still leaves, as I go through off the top of my head, the Rams, the Chargers, and the uh, 49ers left for head coaches. And the 49ers, of course, are still looking for um, a general manager. So, uh, yeah, so some interesting choices. We knew Vance Joseph was certainly a favorite of the Broncos. They tried to grab him last season to be their defensive coordinator, uh, but the Bengals blocked him, or at least when he was still with the Bengals uh, a couple of years ago. So not too much of a surprise that Joseph lands in Denver. Um, McDermott, we knew he was an up-and-coming all right, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say my only surprise with that one is that they went a defensive head coach instead of Kyle Shanahan to pair with Wade Phillips. That, It'll that's what be interesting. a lot of people thought was going to happen, yeah. Yeah, it'll just be interesting to see what happens with Wade. But I like Joseph, though. Glad he, glad he got that chance. Well, kind of talk because, you know, obviously you, you followed him a little bit with the Dolphins. What, what kind of coach do you think he is? You know, what does he bring to the table? You know, how can he help the Broncos? 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be good for them in terms of getting guys into the right position um, to succeed. And, and Wade does a lot of that, obviously. Schematically, Wade's going to be handling that if he's there. Uh, there's still a little bit of up in the air of whether Phillips will stay or not, but I think he'll probably try to. Uh, I would be a little surprised if he left. It's such a good situation for both him and the team. Um, but he develops young players well, has a good track record with that. And, you know, they, I think they want a little bit more of the uh, CEO type head coach that has a really good staff, like Mike Tomlin, um, in Pittsburgh. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. If you believe in the man as someone that can lead other, that can lead players and a coaching staff, you know, I don't blame them for that. They already, if they keep Wade, then they already have one half of the puzzle figured out. And there's talk that, uh, Mike McCoy could potentially come back to Denver as the offensive coordinator. This was before he was hired as Chargers head coach. So he might go back to join Vance Joseph. Um, Sean McDermott, of course, was an up-and-coming head coaching candidate last year, got some interviews. Now he's finally getting his shot. He's going to lead the Buffalo Bills. You know, So they stay with the... Uh, they stay kind of on the defensive side at the Rex Ryan, but you know, obviously there's there's a lot of talent on that Buffalo defense. So I think uh, a guy like McDermott can certainly bring some more of that talent out. Obviously, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the offense, particularly with uh, Tyrod Taylor. But uh, yeah, I, I think this is a, a nice pickup. I think it's a nice, you know, fresh start for Buffalo, and uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. How he works with uh, with Doug Whaley, who you know, he, he's lucky he still has a job <laughs> as general manager. But uh... yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I like the Sean McDermott hire. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. I was actually pushing him last year as well, and I think he's going to be really good for that team and for that city as well. It just seems like a great fit, and uh, be interesting to see what they can do there on offense and what they're going to do with Tyrod, but. Um, you wonder why Anthony Lynn didn't stay. Maybe Lynn was too much of a fan of Tyrod Taylor. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see exactly um, what the plan is there defensively as well for McDermott. You know, he's they, last year we saw Rex kind of play to more of a conservative style, and McDermott did that in Carolina, but he doesn't quite have that personnel in Buffalo. Uh, still good personnel, but not that same type of team and so I have confidence in him that he'll figure it out but I think that's bad news I think for the rest of the AFC East and in Jacksonville um, Doug Marone back in the head coaching ranks um, and it's not too much of a surprise you know Jacksonville did seem to play quite a bit better in the last couple of weeks when he was the interim coach than they did you know the rest of the season under Gus Bradley. So, um, and we know Marone's had success before. He he did lead Buffalo to a winning season a couple years ago. Then decided to leave, kind of banked on himself a little bit. Didn't get a head coaching job. Had to settle for being the uh, like an assistant coach, offensive line coach in Jacksonville. But now he's back in it and. Uh, it was also interesting to see that they hired Tom Coughlin as executive vice president of football operations. Uh, I was reading the blurb on Roto World. They said this, this, could kind of be, 
this could potentially be like a dumbed-down version of the roles that uh, guys like Mike Tannenbaum and Bill Parcells hold with their respective teams. Um, but certainly, you know, it, it all ties to Blake Bortles and how he does, you know, because, you know, it, it sounds like we're beating a dead horse here, but there's obviously a lot of talent on that team. Can a guy like Doug Marone bring that talent together and finally get this team moving in a good direction? Yeah, I mean, he did a good job in Buffalo, did better than Rex Ryan with a worse quarterback with the E.J. Manuel, and he decided to leave that position because he didn't believe in the ownership change. He didn't believe in uh, everything that was happening there, and quite frankly, I don't blame him. Uh, he may not have agreed with Doug Whaley as well. You know, you talked about he's, I think, fairly lucky to, to still have a job right now, and so uh, interested to see how he does. I think that that offense doesn't need much, but it needs the most important thing. It needs Blake Bortles to improve. And to even go back to his rookie form, which there were signs that he would struggle, but he, he did regress last year. And so, you know, the number one question for them is quite simple. You know, how do you get Black Bortles on track? And if they believe that the right answer is going to be, uh, uh, Doug Marone, then, uh, then you don't blame, can't blame him one bit. So again, now that leaves, uh, three head coaches or three head coach positions still available and you know following the reports and seeing what's going on uh, we'll start with Sean McVay who has certainly become one of the favorites potentially the favorite to become uh, Rams head coach uh, as far as the 49ers and Chargers go not really sure what direction they're going. Um, you know, obviously Josh McDaniels is still out there, but teams now have to wait on him. But wouldn't be surprised to see him land one of those two spots. Maybe San Francisco. Uh, Chargers are a wild card. And oh, by the way, um, we'll just we might as well mention this quick too. We are recording this on Wednesday night, a little bit after Schefter broke the news that they will now be the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, they're expected to announce as early as Thursday that they will be moving to Los Angeles. So just like we had to get used to not saying the St. Louis Rams anymore, now we got to stop saying the San Diego Chargers, which is going to be weird. You know, yeah. to say, and it's so weird. Like I just tweeted before we recorded too. It's like so weird how quickly this all happened that we went like 21 years without an L.A. team, and now all of a sudden we have two. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I just I feel bad for those fans. They better go back to their uh, throwbacks at least every game for, for making those San Diego fans um, suffer like that. I just L.A. is a bad sports town in general, and now you've got team, two teams that aren't particularly good and that just fired their coach. And in the same city, and I don't think it's going to do well. The Rams did not do well last year uh, in terms of the fan participation. So I don't know why they think this is going to work with two teams when it really didn't work with one team. And I think the writing was pretty clear that if any team was going to go, it should have been Oakland. Um, I think like the Raiders would have made more sense than anybody. But, you know, hey, the NFL is, is greedy, and I think that they let a lot of their money and their projections get in the way of what is kind of common sense. And so... 
I'm sorry to the Charger fans. I'm sorry to the Rams fans. It shouldn't happen like this. Um, you know, it's just unfortunate that, that greed gets in the way. And it'll be interesting to see what happens for the, the Chargers here because it sounds like they want to keep their offensive staff in court in, uh, in check for next year. They want to keep it no matter what. Partially because of the cost that the owner does not want to swallow of firing them. Partially because they want to keep Phillip Rivers in the same system, which is a little dumb because he's had the most interceptions over the last couple of years in that system. So I don't know why you need to keep that system for, for him. And he's going to do well no matter what. So, uh, even with the interceptions, he's still a good player. So, you know, considering that, it sounds like that from what Albert Breer said earlier, that it's possible Josh McDaniels will take the San Francisco job. So if that takes them off and it checks him off, it almost to me would leave Kyle Shanahan. It would make the most sense for him to go coach, uh, Jared Goff with the Rams. And then he would probably get leftovers with the, uh, Chargers job with maybe like Matt Patricia, the Patriots defensive coordinator. I think that would make sense. Um, Obviously, Shanahan going to the Rams, that's something I pointed out earlier that would make a lot of sense. So it would be interesting to see, but you know, McVay would be interesting too because I know there's a rumor that McVay would bring Wade Phillips possibly as a defensive coordinator. Um, that would be pretty intriguing. I don't know about McVay, McVay being ready for a head coaching job yet, but schematically he does do very good things with the uh, Redskins. Yeah, and if he's able to get Wade Phillips... I would be so excited to see what he can do with Aaron Donald. Yeah. That would be fun to watch. For sure. That's crazy, though, to think. Sean McVay is, is what, 30 years old, I think? He's really young. Like, I think he'd be the youngest NFL head coach. He'd definitely be the youngest, yeah. Yeah, maybe in history. So He's only, like, four or five years older than I am. And that's why I think it's more of just, like, just an interview. I cannot imagine him actually getting that job. But... Uh, I don't know. Uh, it'd be it'd be it'd be shocking just in the sense of the age. And we saw last time when a super young coach was hired it with um, with Josh McDaniels how poorly that went. Yeah. So I just I, and I do think that you need to be a certain age and have a certain experience to connect with athletes and to be respected by athletes. You can't have players older than you. I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's a good thing. But I, t- I tell you what I would. I think it would be cool to see Shanahan with the Rams. Um, you know, obviously, Shanahan has a history of bringing out the best in mediocre talent. You know, look what he did a couple of years ago with Johnny Manziel. You know, that he, he made the Browns' offense look actually pretty decent, even with Manziel a quarterback. So now you give him a young gun in Jared Goff, who clearly is a much better quarterback. Let Shanahan develop him, let him build an offense, and clearly it would be a much better offense than the boring stuff Jeff Fisher had. So you'd be able to utilize Goff more, you'd be able to utilize Todd Gurley more. Um, you know, even Kenny Britt had a good year last year. So uh, Shanahan, I think, would would be a would be a really nice pick if he lands with the Rams. So. It'll be interesting to see down the line. Looking forward to it. And certainly be interesting to see how the Rams and Chargers now kind of share the uh, LA market. So, uh, and for for Eagles 
Eagles fans, listeners out there, this now means they'll make two trips to LA in 2017 as well visit both the Rams and the Chargers. So get those. Uh, and technically the just like the Rams are returning to Los Angeles, technically the Chargers are returning to Los Angeles as well, even though they were only there for one previous season. Yep. Kind of like a homecoming, I guess. Yes, it's you know it's just it's bizarre. It's so weird. It's uh, I just hate it. I hate it for NFL fans. I hate it for those respective cities. Oh, yeah, I you definitely feel bad for sure. So. If I'm San Diego, I don't know why they didn't move to St. Louis. I feel like St. Louis would have had a better job. Like would have had a better, more attractive offer than than Los Angeles because they're gonna be playing in like the Galaxy Stadium, I think. Yeah. Like, come on, that's going to be terrible. The all 22 on that is going to be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, just selfishly, man, watching the coaches say it's going to be brutal. Yay. Uh, so, speaking of watching, let's jump into stuff we actually did watch over the last couple of weeks. Some of the games will start in the NFL. Um, you know, we had, we had Wild Card Weekend, and boy, did it stink. Yep. We knew the first game was going to be pretty bad. We didn't expect uh, all four of them to stink. I mean, it, it's crazy to think that not one game was decided by single digits. I mean, the Giants-Packers game, for a little bit, was pretty good. But then, all of a sudden, Green Bay just ran away with it, and it got ugly quick. Um, and it ends up being all chalk. All the home teams won. So, uh, it's all chalk for the divisional round. And at least this weekend's games on paper look much better than what we had last week. Well, except for one game in particular that's likely going to be a snorefest. But the other three look like they're going to be quite good. Yeah, the uh, the wild card rounds the last couple of years, I think, in general, have been fairly poor. And once you get to this level, the playoffs, the divisional round, and the conference rounds are, are much stronger. Um, this just kind of speaks to how the NFL is right now. It's a very weak league, I think, overall, and and you can say parity. I just I think there's a lot of bad teams, and I think that there are several bad teams that made it to the playoffs this year, and we saw the results of that. Even the best game that should have been Green Bay versus, versus the Giants really wasn't a, that great of a game. Um, past the third quarter, it was pretty much over uh, for most of the game. So um, it'd be interesting to see. I I really like the the, the matchups of the Steelers and Chiefs. Uh, Packers, Cowboys, Seahawks, Falcons. I think those will be three great games with a lot of games inside the game, uh, if that makes sense. There's a lot of matchups that are going to be very key and critical to the success for both for all the teams involved. Texas, pa- Texas Patriots will probably just be thirty point blowout. So I mean, that's literally I, I don't even think that's a watchable game for anybody. I think the honestly I think the Patriots could start Jimmy Garoppolo and win that game by two or three touchdowns. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, Playoffs doesn't always work out the way you think, but yeah, th- I think these are three tremendous games with with just really good coaches. Every team left, I think, has a really good coach, um, except for the Texans. And not even saying Bill O'Brien is like not a good coach. I just don't think he's done a great job. I think yeah. he's been borderline horrible when it comes to managing his personnel on offense. Overall, I don't think he's a bad coach, though. Um, he has taken advantage of a bad division, but. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see the rest of the games for sure. 
and let's not forget that the Patriots beat the Texans this season 27 to nothing, and that was with Jacoby Brissett as the starting quarterback. Yeah, so just imagine what a Hall of Fame quarterback will do to them. Uh, it's that's why it's good that this game is Saturday night. You know, we can uh, we can go to bed early if we want to, because <laughs> that that game's probably going to be over by about nine o'clock. Yep, and we said it a couple times throughout the year, but this is one of those games, one of those games where you just got to say, "Hey, honey, I'd really rather spend tonight with you instead of watching the game. Get those brownie points." That's right. Saturday, Saturday nights, like, ugh, excuse me, Saturday nights the night, guys. Don't don't need to do anything else because <laughs> there's really nothing else going on. And unfortunately, you know, the wild card weekend wasn't all that swift. The college football semifinals wound up not being that overwhelming either, especially the Ohio State Clemson game. I mean, the the Alabama Washington game. Game it was kind of like the Green Bay New York game. It was good for a while, and then it got pretty ugly. Alabama ended up pulling away, um, and then of course Clemson just beat down Ohio State bad. But then boy, that championship game! What a finish! Yeah, it was. It wasn't a great game for a lot of it. It was just very sloppy. Um, if Alabama had a good quarterback, they probably win that game by a couple touchdowns. But Jalen Hurts had really one of the worst performances I can remember in a national title game or even in a college football playoff game. Like, that, he was atrocious. And I feel bad saying that. He's a freshman and he can get better, but that was awful. Like, and, and I don't put, I don't put all the blame on him either. Like, the play calling in the second half was very poor too. Like, you had so much success running the ball. I don't understand why they stopped running the ball so much. I know Bar- Bo Scarborough got hurt, but ultimately you were do- you were winning that game on the r- on the game on the ground, and you could have continued to do that at least run out the clock, not do three and outs, and you literally given Clemson the ball back five or six times there in the second half to to give them shots to come back and score. So just a really poor game where I think Alabama for the most part beat themselves, and then Clemson obviously saw that opportunity, took it to the max and, and did a wonderful job at the end of the game getting that scoring drive. And I'm happy for Deshaun Watson and Clemson program. Uh, but I do feel like that was kind of given away by the, uh, by, by Alabama. And now the talk is, uh, will Deshaun Watson accept an invitation to the senior bowl, which would, uh, be very interesting if he does, because of course, if he chooses to play, he would play on the South team, which just happens to be coached by Hugh Jackson, who just happens to have the number one overall pick in the upcoming draft. So all the talk right now is if Watson plays and performs well enough, he may very well be in line to be selected with the number number one pick. Which, of course, you know, if, if they'd be considering Watson, it would bring up quite the decision for them do they take watson now or do they take i know the guy you obviously think is the best player and the guy a lot of people think is the best player in miles garrett and kind of gamble that watson would still be there when they pick a 12 or if they choose to you know move up a few picks if watson starts to slide a little bit knowing that of course there are a couple 
QB needing teams pretty much right behind Cleveland. San Francisco at two, Chicago at three, um, the Jets potentially at six. So there's it'd be quite the quite the decision for the Browns if uh, if all this transpires. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I'm I'm just I don't know about Deshaun Watson going number one. I know some people are sold on him. I think he's a good player, and I think he's going to have success in the NFL. Uh, but I don't think that he is number one pick, at least material in terms of our traditional thought pattern of what a number one pick should be. I think he'll be like an Andy Dalton, maybe a little bit more dynamic because of his legs type of runner, um, or a type of quarterback, I should say. In the pocket, he really struggles, even in a way that Dalton does. Um, drops his eyes a little bit, panics against pressure in a very similar way. Now, can he get better? Yes. Do I have questions because of the scheme? Yes. Can he do more than what the scheme asked him to do? Very possibly. Um, but I'm not sold on him. He's actually probably my third quarterback this year. Um, but there's going to be a lot of options, and there's a lot of good playmakers in this class, not only on offense but defensively. And so we're going to see some pretty crazy results, I think, when the draft comes because so many of these teams need impact players, and impact players matter. So impact players are quarterback, uh, depending on like truly elite wide receivers or running backs. We have a couple of those this year. Um, cornerbacks, defensive ends slash outside linebacker, edge rushers, and uh, playmaking safeties. So we've got a little bit of all those, and we've got a lot of good linebackers too. So just really, really shaping up to be a really great offseason. Can't wait. You know, whether he's there, and I mean, I'd, I would love to see him at the Senior Bowl, um, but if not, there's still going to be certainly a lot of talent. I'm, I'm excited. Like, hard to think that in two weeks I'll be there. Um, man, it's just crazy how quickly it's coming. Um, you know, actually, actually next weekend I'm leaving, and uh, by Sunday I'll be in Mobile. And I hope I look forward to seeing so many people. And uh, you know, there's, there's just gonna be so much talent. I don't even know like where to start as far as who I want to watch, um, who I sh- should be looking out for. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely open to sug- to suggestions. You know, if you guys have players you want me to check out, let me know. Um, if there's or even any analyst you want me to talk to, get some thoughts. You know, I'm open for suggestions to, you know, what what to do down there. You know, because obviously it'll be my first trip, so I'm just, I'm just looking to have a good time, obviously, and uh, very excited to to be going down there. To me, a great time, and uh, you know, it's coming up quickly. Make sure you check out um, Saucy Q's is a really good restaurant. Uh, for barbecue the barbecue down there is really great and um, a lot of good opportunities so make sure you guys take advantage because there's gonna be some really good interviews down there um, there'll be guys after practice that are just kind of hanging out and just kind of waiting for someone to interview them and you know you can get a lot of good just quick talks from folks having a game plan and being familiar with who they are and you know even if it's not on record just kind of saying hey you know how's it going and How's the week going for you? And, you know, that is a very 
simple thing, but it's a way to get comfortable down there for, for folks trying to break into the industry. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, so we kind of touched a little bit on, uh, on like some of the games. I guess we'll go ahead and talk about, you know, a little more in the NFL draft, particularly like the top of the order now that the, now that the draft order is set. So we kind of touched on, uh, Cleveland at one, you know, like at, at this point, it looks like it could be between, Watson, Garrett, maybe Jonathan Allen, um, you know, and obviously they're sitting with the two first-round picks, so uh, a couple ways they can go about this. Then you have San Francisco at two, and now that Mitch Trubick, I, I think he's declared. He did yes. declare it, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the consensus right now is he could be the first quarterback taken off the board if it's, you know, not Watson with the Browns. Uh, Trubisky could be in play here for Cle- or for San Francisco. Garrett would absolutely be in play if Cleveland pa- passes on him. So, uh, but of course, San Francisco right now is a complete wild card because they don't have a head coach. They don't have a general manager. So, well, who knows what they'll do. I, I will say this, though, as far as the general manager goes. I think it would be really cool if Lewis Riddick gets the spot. You know, mo- mostly for me because, you know, he's he's obviously worked at ESPN and, you know, seeing his work with the Scouting Academy as well, I think it would just be really cool to say, like, hey, you know, I've learned, and, you know, a lot of people would be able to say this, too. It would be like, hey, I, I learned, you know, scouting a little bit from the general manager of the 49ers. So, a little bit selfish, but, I mean, obviously it'd be a great pickup, too, because obviously Riddick is a fantastic football mind, and, you know, he, he would help start the turnaround process uh, for the 49ers. Yeah, it'd be fascinating to see, for sure, and I think you're right. It's it's hard to predict some of this, and obviously after free agency, I think free agency is going to change a lot. Um, if Tyrod Taylor comes available, if Jimmy... if Jimmy Garoppolo goes to the 49ers. That I mean, let's say Tyrod goes to Cleveland, and Jimmy Garoppolo goes to the 49ers. Now all of a sudden, that top of the draft looks way different. You're not seeing a quarterback come off the board until maybe like, well, probably with Chicago would be the first one, but then you're probably not seeing another one until maybe the sixth pick to the Jets, or maybe even bottom towards like the the lower part of the top ten. So. You know, that would greatly affect things. And, you know, I'm, I'm all here for the chaos. I'm, I'm 100% in line for chaos. Chaos is always a, always a good thing. <laughs> it is for us, at least. <laughs> yeah, it gives us more to talk about. Uh, number three is Chicago. And, um,. I think it's safe to say that they'll be in the market for a quarterback, be it free agency or in the draft, because uh, you can't. You have to think Cutler's days there are pretty much done. And I mean, Brian Hoyer obviously wasn't terrible, but uh, you obviously can't rely on him. And then when Matt Barkley was there, just forget about it. Might you might as well have not even turn the game on. <laughs> Clearly, they're in the quarterback market. Um, 
you know, definitely could use help elsewhere as well. As well. Uh, potentially even that receiver because uh, Alshon Jeffrey could be gone. You know, he, he's a free agent and certainly that suspension didn't help his cause. Kevin White injuries have really hurt his development after two years. So, um, you know, definitely, definitely a few ways they can go with that third pick. Yeah, and I think this will be a for sure quarterback. Um, again, though, that could change. I mean, who knows? This this staff is pushing to win right now, so maybe I'll be totally wrong in that. But I do think that the common sense would say that they're going to probably take a quarterback, take a high impact player um, with that third pick. But but again, though, that'll be interesting to see if maybe a guy like maybe not Tony Romo because Romo, I don't think would be a great fit for them. But I guess I could see it if they are really trying to win next year and John Fox feels like he needs to save his job, then I suppose then that would make some sense. Uh, I don't know if he'll have the same entrance, though. I mean, I think Denver would make a lot more sense there. But, but, um, but yeah, the gut feeling here would definitely be quarterback. And, of course, John Fox and his crew will be in Mobile coaching the North team at the Senior Bowl. So uh, we'll get a chance to see his crew in action. Uh, so that's why I think it's interesting. It'll be cool seeing the coaching staffs, especially Hugh Jackson. Yeah, yeah, I know. I keep going back to the Senior Bowl. It's just, you know, just an exciting time with that. But uh, Hugh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Fox. I mean, I guess they're going to stick with the Browns even after all the firings they've done. Um, you know, I mean, at least they still have their head coach and Hugh Jackson. So that's probably the main reason why they're going to stick with the Browns. So. Yeah. Um. So then we got the Jaguars at four. Yet another top five pick for this team, and, and you know, like we talked about, Doug Marone now the head coach. Uh, they are sticking with um, with their general manager. So uh, yeah, Dave Caldwell, Dave, which is yeah, really surprising. Dave, yeah, uh, the name slipped me for a moment, but yeah, Dave Caldwell extension. Super surprising. I mean, I just don't understand. Like you're going to give this guy another first round pick to potentially miss on the top five pick to miss on. I don't think he will this time, by the way. I think he'll take a running back, and I think he'll take Dalvin Cook, and I think that would be a fantastic choice. Um, but, I mean, I don't, I, oof, I just don't know why. I just don't start anew. That would be a fun pick, Dalvin Cook uh, to the Jaguars. But, uh, you, know, I, you know, I can certainly see it. T.J. Yeldon hasn't the... Uh, Hasn't quite panned out. I mean, injuries have hurt him. Yeah. And, um, Corey, um, not Corey, but Chris Ivory, free agent signing. Yep. He was a big money deal, but I mean, you can easily escape that contract either this year or next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, money is not an issue for that franchise. They've got tons of cap space, tons of opportunity to, to rid themselves of potentially bad signings. And they signed these, these contracts pretty well. I mean, they did a good job of structuring these deals so that they can get out of them quickly. But they don't have anyone on the roster at running back nearly even as close as talented as Dalvin Cook. So I think it makes too much sense. And then uh, rounding out the top five is Tennessee. Boy, did they come out good on that uh, trade with the Rams, huh? Yeah, definitely. Nine and seven, nearly a playoff team, and they end up with the top five pick. And early mock drafts that I've seen have them taking Mike Williams, which I think would be a fantastic pick because, 
Marcus Mario to throwing to Mike Williams, whew, all of a sudden now you have an explosive offense after seeing what DeMarco Murray did, reviving his career. Um, you know, the, the pieces are there. The pieces are starting to be there for the Titans. Um, I, I think Mike Williams would certainly be one of those finishing touches that could really help this team take that next step and potentially make them the favorite in the AFC South next season. Yeah, for sure. For sure, I agree with you. I think a wide receiver makes a lot of sense there. Cornerback makes a lot of sense there. Um, maybe even linebacker, Ruben Foster, would make some sense there. So I think they can go a lot of directions with this. I, I, I have a tough time seeing a bad direction for them of realistic possibilities. They're a team that needs the help for impact playmakers. And guess what? Six is the perfect spot where a lot of quarterbacks may go in the top three, uh, where you can land one of those types of players. So you're right, the trade has really worked out wonderfully for them and uh, not quite as much for, for the Rams. Yeah, how, how painful must they feel knowing that they handed over a top-five pick? It's definitely tough. I mean, they need to see more from Jared Goff. Goff had a rough rookie season, but it just makes it really hard for them to rebuild and to you know to get Goff the pieces that he needs around him to succeed. Um, and just kind of running through the rest of the top ten, you have the uh, the Jets at six. You'll have, I believe, I was about to say San Diego again. See, I, I'm already. <laughs> it's gonna be so weird now to say this, but uh, you'll have the Chargers at seven, the Panthers at eight. I know some mock drafts, and again, obviously mock drafts are very fluid, but uh, it's certainly a fit I can see. Um. Leonard Fournette to the Panthers. You know, Jonathan Stewart's obviously getting up there in age. He's battling injuries. They uh, they could use a three-down back. So, you know, Fournette, I think, could fit there. Um, certainly some other pieces they could use. But, uh, you know, that, that that's just one of those thoughts that has been sticking out to me. Uh, you know, since the uh, since this draft season started, was Fournette being pegged to the Panthers? Yeah, it's a selfish wish because really they don't need him. He would be kind of a luxury. Now, granted, he'd be a great luxury, um, but I really want to see that. I wanted to see Derrick Henry there last year. This year, all I want for next year is to see uh, Leonard Fournette with Cam Newton. I just think that would be uh, really fun football. Uh, yeah, yeah, no doubt, and um, you know, it would certainly build them right back up to where they were a couple of years ago. Obviously, you know, not to fifteen and one level. Yeah, but um, definitely more competitive on offense. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, now defensively, they do need a playmaker, and so maybe they opt to go in that direction. But you know, again, I would like to see selfishly get as much help as possible for Cam Newton. And you can't do much better than Leonard Fournette. And then uh, what do you got? The Bengals at 9 and the Bills at 10. Bills in play for a quarterback? I know there's a uh, yeah. little bit of smoke already there uh, with that 10th pick. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that they can afford to not be looking at top quarterbacks. Cardell Jones 
is a fourth round pick. That means Cardell Jones is a developmental, long term option and probably more of a backup. You don't take a guy in the fourth round with expectations of him becoming a starter. So, you know, if he does, great. If they have confidence in him, that's great. But that wasn't the confidence level at the time of the pick. Perhaps they would have taken him in the third or fourth, second or third round. Um, now, that's not to say he can't become a starter. Dak Prescott, example number one. But that's just saying that was not how they felt about him at the time of the draft. So I do think that they are absolutely looking at quarterbacks, and they should be looking at quarterbacks if they're going to let go of Tyrod. And, um, you know, I was happy to see that Cardale Jones did get a little bit of playing time in the regular season finale against the Jets. You know, because we talked about this on the last show, you know, how strange it was that they started EJ Manuel. But uh, at least they got Cardale in there. Now, granted, that was because EJ predictably stunk up the place. But, uh, you know, at least Cardale got his reps. But, you know, yeah, you're, you're right. They have to, if they don't bring Tyrod back, they absolutely have to look quarterback, especially, you know, now that they have a new head coach. So, and depending on who the offensive coordinator is. So that'll be, that'll be interesting what the Bills do at 10. Yeah. Then, um, yeah. As I bring up the draft order right quick. I think one of the more interesting things for them, too, is does letting Anthony Lynn go affect them in a negative way? Because I think he did a lot of good things offensively for them when he was named the, the OC. And so, you know, interested to see... As he, if he goes elsewhere, and, and probably as he goes elsewhere, you know, does that decision to go with McDermott over Lynn? Although I like McDermott, you know, I think Lynn might may have been a good choice too. And so it'll be interesting to see whether that was the right call or not. And I think we'll we won't find out right away, yeah. certainly. But I mean, we'll start to see hints of it at least the first year results. I mean, yeah, that that definitely is interesting because I mean the Bills. You know, I mean, he they only had the one game to look at with Lynn, and, you know, they lost. But, um, you know, the, some of the players came out and said they liked Anthony Lynn. He certainly uh, rose through the ranks a little bit, got the, got the offensive coordinator spot after they fired Greg Roman early in the season. And, um, you know, the players seemed to respect him. So hopefully he lands somewhere. You know, I'd be curious to see if he doesn't get one of the remaining head coaching spots um, if maybe Buffalo brings him back if McDermott asks him to be his OC but you know that that remains to be seen um, and, and I will say this to, though real quick on the some of the coaching news because it you know it seems like the carousel has kind of died down a little bit but I'm really surprised to see that the Colts um held on to Pagano Chuck Pagano and Ryan yeah. Erickson yeah yeah there were rumors that um, that he was looking into other people but he you know maybe he didn't find the right upgrade that he wanted but yeah I mean I'm with you I, I just don't understand what does this team have to do for them to get fired I mean it's feeling like Jeff Fisher all over again 
It's like, I, I don't understand. You have Andrew Luck, and you can't build a competent team around him. And you have a full amount of assets. Like there's, It's not like they've been totally strapped for cash. Yeah, I mean, they've given some bad contracts out, and so that's hurt them. But that's their own doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, draft assets-wise, they haven't been spending those well. And so I just I don't understand for the life of me, you know, does Chuck Pagano have incriminating photos of Jim Irsay? I mean, we wouldn't be surprised at that because Jim Irsay is pretty re- reckless, it seems. But yeah. you know, I just I don't understand. It, I, I'm I'm sure he's a good man, and you know, we're all happy that he is successfully recovered from from cancer. But you know. At some point, you got to win football games. And when you're outcoached weekly and you aren't winning one of the worst divisions in football with one of the better quarterbacks in football, that's, that's simply unacceptable. You know, it, having a good quarterback is like a cheat code in the NFL, basically a, a way to win a division or make win a wild card almost every year. And, you know, Chuck Pagano's been getting a free pass. Well, he hasn't been getting a free pass, but I feel from ownership, they're just not holding him as responsible as they should. Yeah, someone brought up a great point on Twitter I saw. They mentioned how, you know, Indy went 8-8 eight and eight for the second year in a row, and this year they actually had Andrew Luck for pretty much the entire season, whereas last year they had, you know... A, Was that Matt Hasselbeck for games? Yeah, and like a, and this, year, this year they also had uh, Frank Gore healthy. You yeah, know, it's like, they, it's like this... Yards. Yeah, I mean, this team had options. Like, they had talent. T.Y. Hilton led the league in receiving. Yep. Like, I don't. it's just, it's unbelievable. Like, it really feels like there's no way that the, a team with as, as much talent as it feels this team has, how they can go 8-8. Eight and eight, Yeah. You know, in, in this division. And even some of those games were, like, kind of, you know, some of those games they probably should have lost, and they squeaked them out. You know that, I mean, because this division was clearly winnable for them. There, there's no doubt. Yeah. You know, nine and seven once again took this division, and although if Tennessee didn't, you know, stumble against Jacksonville in Week 16, they win the division at ten and six. But, um, you know, again with, like you said, with Andrew Luck at quarterback and the weapons he had to throw to. But, I mean, you know, I guess it's also saying something that Jack Doyle was their second-leading receiver. Now, granted, Dante Moncrief had injuries they were battling with. Um, but it also goes back, you know, you said about some of the draft picks that they that haven't panned out for them. You know, Philip Dorsett, where's he? And he was a first-round pick. Not here yep. with him. Totally unnecessary picks. And, and the thing is, is, like, you could almost argue that they could use another receiver because Dorsett hasn't worked out. And yeah. some of their signings haven't worked out. It's like, you know, it, their mind's been in the right place at times. You know, you want to give Andrew Luck all these weapons, but they made it a, a pick that didn't make any sense. I mean, I, I know people liked Dorsett. Nobody liked him that much. Nobody thought he was that great, except for them. So, you know, it just it just speaks to an issue, a culture issue there. Um, a scouting issue there, how they value players and how they evaluate players just is completely off. And it's it's bad process. And the longer they keep it, the more issues they're going to have. So, 
it's a shame. It really is. You know, he, Gregson had that good first draft. You know, obviously with luck and then grab some grab some talent after the luck pick, getting the two tight ends. But uh, obviously now one of those tight ends is gone with Fleener in New Orleans. It's it's just it, it's a shame for the Colts. They're, there's so much potential there, and it's just extremely capped right now. So. And where they sit, and they'll have either the 14th or the 15th pick, because the Eagles and Colts will actually have a coin toss uh, for that 14th pick. Uh, and then the Saints, sitting at 11, there was obviously the rumors about them with uh, Sean, or not Sean, Thurman, Sean Payton, and the rumors that you know would he go to the Rams? At this point, that seems to have died down. You know, but um, I feel like next season is a make or break for the Saints as well. I think uh, if they don't start to turn it around next season, it could be the end for Sean Payton. You know, with Drew Brees getting up there in age, might might be time for a turnaround in New Orleans as well. Yeah, I'm surprised that nothing really moved with that. I mean, it's like the fifth straight year where we've heard. Rumors of him actually moving on, and and he doesn't um, die pretty quickly. So, um, you know, I, I agree. I think he's another guy that really needs to face the heat. And it's cool that he puts a great offense out there, but they don't put a good team out there. Um, yeah, I, I don't really understand, you know, what they're doing. And they need defensive talent, and they just continue to not get it. And they've been slowly adding it, but it's just – just not quickly enough. You know, who who do you hold the responsible down there? And someone needs to be responsible. So, uh, so it'll be fun to watch. You know, with uh, with some of these teams going into the off season. And uh, yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good place to end it. Definitely. It's just crazy how fast all this time goes and how much info we were able to get out there. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, it's a long draft season, and it's a lot easier to kind of project guys right now while we know, like, the first 20 or so picks. But we still have underclassmen declaring and, and going back to school. So, yep. you know, in the next week or so, we're going to get a full picture of that. Yeah, I believe next week... Um, next week they'll release the official list... Of, uh, I believe it's the 18th is the deadline. Yeah. So, so if you are uh, an underclassman wanting to get your name in the pool, now's your time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, real, and of course, speaking of the draft, real quick before we uh, we head out, just want to give a shout out to Ian and uh, promote his draft guide. He's uh, I know you've been working real hard on it. I'm, not, I'm sure you're excited to get going on that and release that as soon as you can. So uh, if you guys listening out there, definitely check it out when he's done. You know, especially his quarterback charts. Uh, he does a fantastic job, and um, you know, it, it'll just be another excellent guide for you. Um, when you get to the NFL draft. So just wanted to plug that real quick for you, man. 
Yeah, man, I appreciate that. And uh, really excited to share that, grinding away at it. Got a little bit of a new format this year, a little bit cleaner, a little bit less verbose. Uh, should be really good stuff, and I've been cruising through it. Thankfully, I watched a lot of college football last year. I mean, I watched a lot of college football every year, but a ton this year took a lot of notes. And so some of these guys, you know, have just needed a little bit more of a refresher on. Um, but these things are turn, turning out pretty well, and I think it'll be probably about 175 to 200 players, somewhere in there. Um, looking for $5 for a digital copy, and uh, I'll get that, that stuff set up here before before too long, and hopefully by April 1st that'll be out. It's a fluid date, but that's definitely the goal. I'd like to get it out. Awesome, man. Well, I wish you the best, and uh, you know, I'm sure it's going to turn out fantastic. So good luck with that, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. And then for me, of course, you know, obviously non-football related, but uh, planning to push some brackets out soon as well. Uh, you know, college basketball, obviously, knee-deep in the conference play. Uh, Selection Sunday already is only about two months away, so uh, we're already kicking into the high gear. So, uh, got to be fun. A lot of stuff coming up, and... Uh, Hope you guys are along for the ride and enjoying it. So, yeah, and as always, we definitely appreciate all the listeners and whatnot. Yeah, we really appreciate you guys checking us out and enjoying. And, you know, all that good stuff. So, it's always fun to come on here and chat football. And, um, yeah, it's a fun time. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, man. It's uh, look forward to to our next chat, and uh, we'll have a good good look at super the real Super Bowl contenders here soon. Yeah, it's crazy to think when we talk next week, we'll be down to the final four, and uh, getting close to making Super Bowl picks. And then the week after, we'll talk Senior Bowl. We'll be I'll be in Mobile, and we'll be talking Senior Bowl and Super Bowl, and. Uh, crazy how fast it's gonna get here man so uh yeah thanks as always bud really appreciate it yeah man likewise buddy yeah so with that uh we're gonna head out and thanks for listening enjoy the games this weekend and uh we'll see you right back here next week for another edition of gg until then take care my friends